so we'll carry on from exactly where we left off, the very next chapter. مَعْنَ التَّكْبِيرُ وَبَيَانُ مَدْلُولِهِ This chapter is going to discuss the meaning of the takbir, the meaning of Allahu Akbar, and what it indicates. So... كان الحديث الماضي عن التكبير فضله وبيان مكانته من الدين that previously our speech was regarding the takbir uh, its virtue and a mentioning or a clarification of its status in the religion and we mentioned last time you'll remember how takbir, it is in multiple different acts of worship. If you were to count up how many times you do the takbir, just in the prayer every day, you remember the numbers that we came up last time, how many times you do takbir in the prayer, then how many times you do it with the adhkar after the prayer, and then five times a day, then all the supererogatory prayers. You have hundreds of times a day where the takbir it comes along with the different acts of worship. وَسَيَكُونُ الْحَدِيثُ عَنْ مَعْنَى التَّكْبِيرِ وَالْمُرَادِ بِهِ Today though, the discussion is going to be about the actual definition of takbir, of Allahu Akbar. إِذْ إِنَّ فِقْهَ الْأَذْكَارِ الشَّرْعِيَّةِ وَفَهْمْ الْمُرَادُ بِهَا uh, يُعَدُّ أَسَاسًا عَظِيمًا وَمَطْلَبًا جَلِيلًا لَا بُدَّ مِنْهُ Because understanding the fiqh of the adhkar al-shari'iyah إِنَّ فِقْهْ الْأَذْكَارِ الشَّرْعِيَّةِ وَفَهْمَ الْمُرَادِ بِهَا And understanding the intent of them يُعَدُّ أَسَاسًا عَظِيمًا That is considered as a great foundation to understand the du'as that you read every day, the adhkar, the remembrances, the supplications, understanding their meanings is considered a foundational aspect. وَمَطْلَبًا جَلِيلًا لَا بُدَّ مِنْهُ And a great objective that you cannot avoid. It is something that has to be looked into and you have to start learning and understanding what the meanings of the adhkar are. وَالتَّكْبِيرُ هُوَ تَعَظِيمُ الرَّبِّ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَ وَإِجْلَالُهُ And takbir, it is the indicating the greatness and magnificence and power and might of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The might and majesty and greatness of Allah is indicated through your statement of Allahu Akbar. وَاعْتِقَادْ أَنَّهُ لَا شَيْءَ أَكْبَرُ وَلَا أَعْظَمُ مِنْهُ And the belief 
that there is nothing bigger or greater than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In your statement, Allahu Akbar, you have an aqeedah that there is nothing greater than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatsoever. And that's why we mentioned last time as well, when you start the prayer, you start with Allahu Akbar. And it is impermissible to swap that with any other words. If somebody said, Subhanallah, invalid the prayer, it doesn't even count like that. Or Alhamdulillah, incorrect. Even La ilaha illallah, incorrect. The prayer can only begin with the takbir, Allahu Akbar. Such is the meaning here. فَيَصْغُرْ دُونَ جَلَالِهِ كُلُّ كَبِيرٌ So everything <coughs> that is great and magnificent, anything and everything that is great and magnificent is small before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَهُوَ الَّذِي خَضَعَتْ لَهُ الرِّقَابِ وَذَلَّتْ لَهُ الْجَبَابِرَةِ He is the one who all of us, we are in submission before. And even the Jababirah, the great and mighty and powerful people, they have to be subservient before Allah. They are nothing in, uh, in front of their Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وعنت له الوجوه وقهر كل شيء ودانت له الخلائق وتواضعت لعظمة جلاله وكبريائه وعظمته وعلوه وقدرته الأشياء And everything in creation is in submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Everything is in humility and humbleness before the might and majesty of Allah and the greatness and highness and power of Allah. وَاسْتَكَانَتْ وَتَضَاءَلَتْ بَيْنَ يَدَيْهِ وَتَحْتَ حُكْمِهِ وَقَهْرِهِ الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ And all of the creation, they are under the power of Allah, under the authority of Allah. So these kinds of meanings, they are the types of meanings that come to mind with the takbir, Allahu Akbar. قال الإمام الأزهري في كتابه تهذيب اللغة وقول المصلي الله أكبر وكذلك قول المؤذن فيه قولان. One of the grammarians he mentioned in a book of Arabic language explaining the takbir. He said, when the person praying says Allahu Akbar, and when the Mu'addin says Allahu Akbar in the Adhan, the meaning of Allahu Akbar, there are two opinions over it, he mentions. That one of the meaning of it is, that Allah is great. Allahu Akbar. One meaning of it is that Allah is great, Allahu Akbar. كَقَوْلِ اللَّهِ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ 
wa huwa ahwanu alayhi ay huwa hayyun alayhi wa mithlu qawl ma'an ibn aws la umrika ma adri wa inni la ujilu ma'nahu wa inni la wajilun so he quotes the ayah wa huwa ahwanu alayhi that everything is easy for Allah that it is all of ease to Allah he is the great Allah is the great so everything is of ease to him and it is of no problem or complication or difficulty to him وَهُوَ هَيِّنٌ عَلَيْهِ But that meaning is only saying Allah is great. The second meaning, أَنَّ فِيهِ ضَمِيرًا الْمَعْنَى اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ كَبِيرٌ In the second meaning they say that actually it references Allah is the greatest of anyone great. Allahu Akbaru Kabirin. Allah is the greatest of whatever is great. Meaning He is the greatest. Allahu Akbar. Famahanahu Allahu Akbaru Kabirin. Wakadalik Allahu Aaz. Aazu Azizin. And Allah is the Aazu Azizin. Meaning the most powerful, the most glorified, the most mighty, the most honorable of all of those who may have some power and might and honor. Allah is the mightiest, the most powerful and most honorable. He is the greatest with the izzah. And he is the greatest in terms of kabir. Akbaru kabir. The greatest of all of that which may have some greatness to it. He is the greatest of them all. قال الفرزدق إن الذي سمك السماء بنا لنا بيتا دعائمه أعز وأطول. He mentions here that the one who made the canopy, the sky as a canopy, and withheld that there, then he is the one who made. The pillars, the house with the pillars that are greater and taller. Meaning talking about the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the greatness of His izzah, the greatness of His power and might and majesty and that He made the skies as a canopy and a house for us here and the uh, pillars holding all of this up indicating the greatness of the izzah. And the greatness of Allah overall. وَالصَّوَابُ مِنْ هَذَيْنِ الْقَوْلِينِ الَّذَيْنِ ذَكَرَهُمَا رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ وَالثَّانِ And no doubt, the correct way to understand it is the second one there. That Allah is the greatest of all. Not just Allah is great. Allah is the greatest of all. بِمَعْنَى أَنْ يَكُونَ اللَّهُ عِنْدَ الْعَبْدِ أَكْبَرَ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ so in that case, when you say Allahu Akbar, then in your aqidah, Allah is the greatest of all, of everything. That there is no one greater 
more mighty or powerful or majestic than him. أَمَّا الْأَوَّلْ فَهُوَ غَيْرُ صَحِيحٍ وَلَيْسَ هُوَ مَعْنَا اللَّهُ أَكْبَرٍ As for the first opinion where they said it just means Allah is great, then that is not correct. It is not just Allah is great, it is more than that. Allah is the greatest, greatest of all of what exists and creation. That has to be the correct understanding. قَالَ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ إِبْنُ تَيْمِيَّةِ التَّكْبِيرُ يُرَادُ بِهِ أَنْ يَكُونَ اللَّهُ عِنْدَ الْعَبْدِ أَكْبَرَ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Ibn Taymiyyah mentioned that with the takbir, when you say Allahu Akbar, what is intended with that is that you understand and recognize and comprehend that Allah is the greatest of all, of everything. كَمَا قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ لِعَدِي إِبْنِ حَاتِمُ يَا عَدِي مَا يُفِرُّكَ أيفرك أن يقال لا إله إلا الله فهل تعلم من إله إلا الله يا عادي ما يفر ما يفرك أيفرك أن يقال الله أكبر فهل من شيء أكبر من من الله وهذا يبطل قول من جعل أكبر بمعنى كبير. It's quoted here again by Sheikh Islam ibn Taymiyyah that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to Adi ibn Hatim. Adi ibn Hatim used to be what before he became Muslim? Christian. So the Prophet ﷺ said to Adi ibn Hatim, Ya Adi, ma yufirruka? What is it that causes you to flee? Ayufirruka an yuqal, la ilaha illallah? Does it cause you to flee to say, la ilaha illallah? Fahal ta'alamu min ilahin illallah? Do you know any other God besides Allah? And, Ya Adi, ma yufirruka? أَيَفِرُّكَ أَنْ يُقَالَ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ أو عادي, What causes you to flee? Does it cause you to flee to say Allahu Akbar? فَهَلْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ أَكْبَرُ مِنَ اللَّهُ Is there anything greater than Allah? Does that cause you a problem to say Allahu Akbar? Is there anything greater than Allah? So this, Shaykh al-Islam highlights here, it nullifies Claiming that Allahu Akbar just means Allah is great. Rather Allah is the greatest. As it was said to Adi ibn Hatim, Do you know anything, anyone greater than Allah? And there cannot be. Hence the statement, Allahu Akbar. The Prophet is highlighting to him, There is no uh, uh, so-called deity or any entity greater than Allah. وحديث نعم وبه يتبين أن معنى الله أكبر أي من كل شيء فلا شيء أكبر ولا أعظم منه ولهذا يقال إن أبلغ لفظ للعرب في معنى تعظيم والإجلال هي الله أكبر. That's why it is mentioned that in the Arabic language as well the word that is used to indicate the greatest level of greatness for something is Allahu Akbar. That is the term and the phrase in the Arabic language that indicates the greatest level of greatness. To say Allahu Akbar. أي صفه بأنه أكبر من كل شيء. I.e. 
describe Allah and attribute to Him as being the greatest from all affairs. وَقَالَ شَاعِرٌ رَأَيْتُ اللَّهَ أَكْبَرَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مُحَاوَلَةً وَأَكْثَرُهُمْ جُنُودًا In the poetry mentions here that I saw or I consider and I am aware that Allah is greater than everything. مُحَاوَلَةً وَأَكْثَرُهُمْ جُنُودًا مُحَاوَلَةً Allah alam what he intends by that here but أَكْثَرُهُمْ جُنُودًا The greatest of them in his army in the creations of everything, the angels, the jinn, the humans. But the first part, That I saw Allah as the greatest from everything. Muhawalatan perhaps he indicates here that him, he considered and he thought and he realized that Allah is certainly the greatest from all. فَالتَّكْبِيرُ مَعَنَاهُ كَمَا تَقَدَّمَ التَّعْظِيمُ لَكِنْ يَنْبَغِيَ أَنْ يُعْلَمْ أَنَّ التَّعْظِيمُ لَيْسَ مُرَادِفًا فِي الْمَعْنَى لِلتَّكْبِيرُ In Arabic they use the word ta'zim, which kind of means again to indicate the greatness of something. But here it is being highlighted that ta'zim is not identical and synonymous to takbir in Arabic. Even though that's the word used to try and explain takbir, it is the ta'zim of Allah to indicate the greatness of Allah, the magnificence of Allah. But it's not identical and synonymous. So al-kibriya, which comes from Allahu Akbar, then that is a greater level. That is a greater level. Than just Adama. Adama, which also indicates the greatness and the might of Allah. But the Kibriya, which comes from Takbir, Allahu Akbar, that indicates a type and a level even greater than just Al Adama. It is a level of perfection, of greatness and might and power more than just Al Adama. لِأَنَّهُ يَتَضَمَّنُهَا وَيَزِيدُ عَلَيْهَا فِي الْمَعْنَى because takbir, it is inclusive of a ta'zim and then with a more, with an addition on top of that. And that's why Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, فِي قَوْلِهِ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرِ إِثْبَاتُ عَظَمَتِهِ That in the statement, Allahu Akbar is an affirmation of the greatness of Allah. فَإِنَّ الْكِبْرِيَاءَ تَتَضَمَّنُ الْعَظَمَةِ وَلَكِنِ الْكِبْرِيَاءَ أَكْمَلُ الْكِبْرِيَاءَ coming from Allahu Akbar that is inclusive of الْعَظَمَةِ inclusive of that greatness of Allah but the كِبْرِيَاءَ from Allahu Akbar from that term, from that supplication indicates a greater and more complete and perfect meaning لِهَذَا جَاءَتِ الْأَلْفَاظِ الْمَشْرُوعَةِ فِي الصَّلَاةِ وَالْأَذَانِ بِقَوْلِ اللَّهُ أَكْبَرِ And that's why in those acts of worship like the prayer, like the adhan, you don't say Allahu A'zam, which is very similar, has the same kind of meanings, Allahu A'zam. But Allahu Akbar includes all of the meanings of A'zam, Azim, and on top of that, more. Therefore, in those worships in the Adhan, it's not Allahu 
a'azam wa azim it's Allahu Akbar. And in the prayer as well, Allahu Akbar, not Allahu A'azam. So Azama comes within the kibriya when you say Allahu Akbar. And then there's an additional meaning even more on top. Therefore Allahu Akbar is greater than just the Azama in saying Allahu A'azam for example. فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ أَكْمَلْ مِنْ قَوْلِ اللَّهُ أَعْظَمْ كَمَا ثَبَتَ فِي الصَّحِيحِ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَنَّهُ قَالْ And it's mentioned in the authentic hadith that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said يقول الله تعالى الكبرياء ردائي والعظم إزاري فمن نازعني واحدا منهما عذبته فجعل العظم كالإزار والكبرياء كالرداء ومعلوم أن الرداء أشرف فلما كان التكبير أبلغ من التعظيم صرح بلفظه وتضمن ذلك التعظيم So in this hadith in Sahih Muslim an example is given where Allah says my kibriya which comes from Allah Akbar my kibriya is like my rida in Arabic, basically, you have izar and rida. The izar is the lower garment, and the rida is the upper garment. So this example is being given that the kibriya from Allahu Akbar is like the upper garment. And the azama, Allahu a'zam, azim, azama, is like the lower garment. Obviously, the upper garment is more noble than the lower garment. The point of the hadith is therefore to highlight that Allahu Akbar and the kibriya is of a more perfect and complete uh, level than just Al-Azama. It is inclusive of all of Al-Azama and then more on top. وَهَا هُنَا أَمْرٌ يَنْبَغِي أَتَّنَبُّهُ لَهُ وَعَدَمِ الْغَالِهِ And now there is something here the Shaykh mentions you need to pay attention to and be aware of. وَهُوَ أَنَّ الْمُسْلِمْ إِذَا عَتَقَدَ وَآمَنَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ أَكْبَرْ مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ And that is, if a Muslim believes, has his aqeedah now and belief, that indeed Allah is greater than everything, وَأَنَّ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ مَهْمَا كَبُرَ يَصْغُرُ عِنْدَ كِبْرِيَاءِ اللَّهِ وَعَظَمَتِهِ and that no matter how big and great anything becomes, it is small in front of the greatness of Allah. If you have all of that in your belief now, in your aqidah, عَلِمَ مِنْ خِلَالِ ذَلِكَ عِلْمَ الْيَقِينَ أَنَّ كِبْرِيَاءَ الرَّبِّ وَعَظَمَتَهُ وَجَلَالَهُ وَجَمَالَهُ وَسَائِرَ أَوْصَافِهِ وَنَعُوتَهُ أَمْرٌ لَا يُمْكِنَ نُحِيطَ أو أن تحيط به العقول أو تتصوره الأفهام أو تدركه الأبصار والأفكار فالله أعظم وأعظم من ذلك بل إن العقول والأفهام عاجزة عن أن تدرك كثيرا من مخلوقات الرب تبارك وتعالى فكيف بالرب سبحانه Here he highlights something important related to the names and attributes of Allah If you now understand that Allah Akbar this statement is your aqidah and belief that Allah is the greatest, greater than all else, mighty and majestic and powerful over all else, the greatest. 
then you must understand now that this level of greatness of Allah and His might and majesty and perfection and His attributes of that level of greatness, they are above what we can encompass with our knowledge. And you remember this was in Al-Aqidah Al-Tahawiyah when we did it, that you cannot try to imagine the names and attributes of Allah. You cannot try to picture Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what he's saying here. If you know that Allah is the greatest of all who may claim to be great, Allah is the greatest of them all, of everything, then that is of such a level that you are not able to encompass the details of the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As we say, we affirm them, believe in all of the names and attributes, we believe and affirm what Allah described Himself with, or the Messenger described Him with, but we do not have any ability to do the takif, the tamfil, the tashbih, all of those kinds of things we cannot try to resemble or compare or imagine or give descriptions. So the very fact that you know Allah is the greatest above all of creation, then that is an indication to you also that your minds cannot imagine what Allah looks like and imagine the names and attributes or the attributes of Allah. And the shaykh even says, there are things in this creation that we cannot fully understand. Things in this creation we cannot fully understand yet. So let alone you thinking that you can now understand and describe the names and attributes of Allah, when there are things in creation yet that we do not understand. All of the things that they tell you about, that the ocean, only a certain percentage of it has been uh, discovered or explored yet, and they constantly come across new types of fish they have never seen before, never in their books have they ever been recorded, these certain types of fish yet. <coughs> All of these things, there are things in creation we do not know the details of yet. So let alone for a person to think that he can now describe or understand or comprehend the attributes of Allah at a level of description. Thabata. There's an example the Shaykh is going to give here. ثَبَتَ عَنْ إِبْنِ مَسْعُودِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّهُ قَالْ بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا وَالَّتِي تَلِيهَا خَمْسُمِئَةَ عَامٍ وَبَيْنَ كُلِّ سَمَاءٍ خَمْسُمِئَةَ عَامٍ وَبَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ السَّابِعَةِ وَالْكُرْسِ خَمْسُمِئَةَ عَامٍ وَبَيْنَ الْكُرْسِ وَالْمَاءِ خَمْسُمِئَةَ عَامٍ والعرش فوق الماء والله فوق العرش لا يخفى عليه شيء من أعمالكم. This hadith in Ad-Darmi and other places, it mentions that the lowest heaven, we know that there are heavens that go one above the other, the lowest heaven, the lowest sky, that is from the lowest one to the next one above it, there's a gap of 500 years worth. The lowest heaven, then the one above it, there's a gap of 500 years. And then from that one to the next heaven, there's a gap of 
500 years. Then from that one to the next one, a gap of 500 years. And it carries on until you get to the seventh heaven. And then from the seventh heaven to the footstool of Allah is 500 years. And then from the footstool to the, well then it mentions from the footstool to the water. Then above the footstool of Allah there is a water. And the distance between them is also 500 years. Then above that water is the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah is above the throne. وَلَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٌ مِّنَ عَمَالِكُمْ And yet nothing is concealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from your actions. The lowest heaven, the one above that 500 years gap, above that 500 years, 500 years, 500 years, to the top, to the, uh, the footstool of Allah, to the water, 500 years, the throne of Allah, then above all of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and yet it says at the end of the hadith, لا يخفى عليه شيء من أعمالكم there is nothing concealed from Allah, from your actions. And you remember in At-Tahawiyah we mentioned the example of the ring in the desert. The narration that highlights how all of the heavens and all of this creation compared to the footstool of Allah <coughs> is like a ring thrown in a vast desert. That's all of the creation compared to the footstool of Allah, the kursi. It is like the kursi is the vast desert. And all of this creation is nothing but a ring in that desert. And then, the footstool of Allah compared to the throne of Allah, it's as though the footstool becomes the tiny ring, and the throne of Allah is now the vast desert. And then, bigger or greater Greater than all of that, because Allah is the greatest, is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Greater than all of that. If you think about the heavens and the earth compared to the footstool before you even get to the throne level, that we are a ring in a vast desert compared to the footstool of Allah. But then if the footstool of Allah is only that compared to the throne of Allah, then what about the comparison from the throne of Allah back down to all of this creation? Not even anywhere near a ring. You're getting to what they call these days, atoms and microscopes and nothing. Nothing. This whole creation compared to the throne of Allah, but then on top of that, greater than even that, greater than all of the creation is Allah. So then a person realizes, when Shaykh uh, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, rahimahullah ta'ala, mentioned in the three fundamental principles, وَأَنَا wahidun. That I am just one tiny piece in all of this vast creation. All of this creation, that's just this creation. Then all of everything, you are one tiny, not even a speck in all of the vastness of this creation. وَرُوِيَ عَنْ زَيْدِ بْنِ أَسْلَمْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالْ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم مَا السَّمَاوَاتُ السَّبْعِ فِي الْكُرْسِ إِلَّا كَدَرَاهِمْ سَبْعَ أُلْقِيَتْ فِي تَرْسِ This is uh, again another similar kind of example mentioned, but the narration is considered uh, with problems in its chain. 
but it gives the same kind of example that we just gave about the footstool and the throne and the vast sizes of the uh, seven heavens uh, uh, to the, the footstool of Allah are nothing but like small coins in that vast space. وَقَالَ أَبُوْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ سَمِعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَقُولُ مَا الْكُرْسِيُّ فِي الْعَرْشِ إِلَّا كَحَلْقَةٍ مِنْ حَدِيدٍ أُلْقِيَتْ بَيْنَ ظَهْرَيْ فُلَاتْ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ This one in Al-Hilya and other places authenticated by Shaykh Al-Albani, this narration that the footstool compared to the throne is nothing but like a ring from metal thrown in between a vast desert space of land, indicating that smallness. So then the Shaykh says, وَلْيَتَأَمَّلْ الْمُسْلِمْ فِي عِظَمِ السَّمَاءِ بِنِسْبَةِ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ We were talking about the examples of all of this creation compared to the kursi, the footstool, that we are like a ring, and that's a vast desert. Before that, the Shaykh says, just think about the greatness of the sky above you compared to this earth. You have this earth, then you have that vastness of sky. Just think about that comparison, he says. And then think about the size of the footstool in comparison to this heaven and all of the sky. And then the comparison, the greatness of the throne compared to the footstool of Allah. فَإِنَّ الْعُقُولَ عَاجِزَ عَنْ أَنْ تُدْرِكَ كَمَالَ هَذِهِ الْأَشْيَاءِ The minds, we are incapable of picturing these vast uh, proportions. We are incapable of picturing these vast proportions and uh, calculating these vast proportions and comprehending them. أَوْ أَنْ تُحِيطَ بِكُنْهِهَا وَكَيْفِيَّتِهَا وَهِيَ مَخْلُقَ Or for us to be able to understand the reality of all of them, the seven heavens and 500 years gap in between all of them. How is all of that? Beyond our comprehension to understand that. And these are from the creations, the seven heavens, etc. from the creations of Allah. فَكَيْفَ بِالْأَمْرِ إِذًا فِي الْخَالِقِ سُبْحَانَهُ فَهُوَ أَكْبَرُ وَأَجَلُّ مِنَ انْتَعْرِفْ الْعُقُولْ كُنْهَا صِفَاتِهِ أَوْ تُدْرِكَ الْأَفْهَامُ كِبْرِيَاءَهُ وَعَظَمَتَهُ So if all these things in creation, we cannot really wrap our heads around them, and quantify them, and understand them, comprehend them, then the Shaykh says, what therefore of the Creator of all of those things, the Creator of all of this creation, uh, our minds are unable to comprehend the reality, and that's why we say with the names and attributes, uh, uh, with the attributes of Allah, we do not ask the question, Kaifa. remember that rule, we mentioned it in Tahawiyah, when it comes to the decree of Allah, there is one question you do not ask. And when it comes to the attributes of Allah, there is a question you do not ask. When it comes to the decree of Allah, the question that you do not ask is, why? When it comes to the decree of Allah, we don't say, well, why this and why did this happen and why did that happen? You don't ask why when it comes to the decree of Allah. Patience, dua, 
Not sitting there, why this and why did this have to happen and why, why, why? There is no why on the decree of Allah. Everything Allah has decreed is with His wisdom. And when it comes to the attributes, we don't ask the question, how? Allah's throne and uh, the various attributes of how are these things? How does uh, uh, the greatness of Allah work? How do the hands of Allah, how the face of Allah... How, when it comes to those attributes, you don't ask. Al-Kaifu Majhul. The how is unknown to us. So you do not ask why when it comes to the decree, and you do not ask how when it comes to the attributes. And that's the point he's making generally here. That when you comprehend or you, or you think about how Allah is the greatest of all, greatest of everything that exists, then you cannot possibly start to think, how is Allah, and how are His attributes, and how this and how that. We cannot picture or imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> One last point to mention. Ibn al-Qayyim stated that the benefit of all of this is uh, to bring about some contemplation and ponder over the affairs to bring out the fruits of that. فَالْمُسْلِمْ إِذَا أَحْضَرَ فِي قَلْبِهِ كِبَرْ هَذِهِ الْمَخْلُوقَاتِ مِنْ سَمَاوَاتِ وَأَرْضِ وَكُرْسِي وَعَرْشِ وَنَحْرِ ذَلِكِ So firstly, if you think about the greatness of all of the creation we've just spoken about. The heavens and 500 years and the throne of Allah. Think about the great, vast, magnificence and size of all of that. Then alongside that, as a second point, think about, وَأَيْضًا ثُمَّ أَحْضَرَ فِي قَلْبِهِ عَجْزَهُ عَنْ إِدْرَاكِ هَذِي الْأَشْيَوِ الْحَاطَةِ بِهَا Secondly, alongside that, you also remember that you are unable to comprehend and grasp all of that in your understanding. Beyond us to, to grasp 500 years and 500 years and a ring in a desert and then ring in a desert again with the footstool to the throne. To comprehend these things is beyond us. So you recognize the greatness of everything, but then you also recognize you are incapable of comprehending it all. And as a consequence, the result of that is, مَعْرِفَ ثَالِثَ وَهِيَ عَظَمَةُ وَكِبْرِيَاءُ خَالِقِ هَذِهِ الْأَشْيَاءُ so if you know how great all of these things are, how big and huge it is, that creation of Allah, and then you also recognize, but you can't comprehend it all, that's creation, then it brings about the conclusion for you that the creator of all of that is far greater and the greatest of everything and that indicates to you then your uh, weakness before your Creator, your submission before your Creator, your humility before your Creator, in recognizing all of that greatness of the creation of Allah. And that's why they say, the scholars when they quote the ayah, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاءُ That the ones who truly fear Allah from His servants are the scholars. Why? When everybody will say, I fear Allah, I fear Allah. But in the Qur'an we are told it's the scholars in reality. 
Because the scholars, meaning the people of knowledge, they are the ones who understand this and think about these things. They are the ones who understand the names and attributes of Allah. We're just talking about a few things here. We've spoken about subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. But all the other names and attributes of Allah as well, for the one who knows all of that knowledge, then he is the one who's going to ponder over all of those different things. And when he ponders over all of those different things and he recognizes and realizes the reality of who his Lord is, then he's the one who's going to have the real khashya in his heart. He's going to have the real fear from Allah in his heart. He's going to have the real humility in his heart. That's what differentiates the ulama, as Allah has said in the Quran, from the remainder. They are the ones who truly fear Allah because they are the ones who are upon that true in-depth understanding and knowledge of the names and attributes of Allah. And so they have a greater comprehension of those affairs and therefore a greater fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is where we'll conclude on today then that chapter. And next time inshallah we'll uh, probably start on the very next chapter because it is like a conclusion and it explains the connection between subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. What is the connection between those four words How are those four supplications tied in together? So that's what we'll look at from next time, inshallah. Uh, Any questions or anything to add? Ustad, you know that narration you were uh, mentioning from Iyatul Awliya, which Mm. Sheikh Rabani authenticated. Could you just repeat that narration? That's uh, the same one as the Ring in the Desert, I think. Let's see. Uh, ما الكرسي في العرش إلا كحلقة من حديد ألقيت بين ظهري فلات من الأرض. Exactly the same. That the the footstool compared to the throne is nothing other than a ring from hadid, from uh, metal or, or of that nature, thrown into a large area of the desert فلات من الأرض. That's it. That's the one mentioned. الحلية. Abu Shaykh as well, another one of the books, Al-Bayhaqi, Fis-Sifat, and other places he mentions it's available in different places. Anybody else? Uh, when it comes to the seven heavens, do you understand it like the seven skies in a sense of sky, one of the skies that we see, or is it just beyond, if there's heaven, is beyond the, like, what we see in the sky? So we, we, there's no detail of us seeing them. That's beyond. It's not, there's no detail mentioning of us seeing those heavens now. But it's mentioned in some of the narrations how the messenger went up the heavens as well, up the various heavens. But we, there's the lowest heaven mentioned at As-Sama Ad-Dunya, the lowest heaven to the earth. And that's mentioned as well in the last third of the night when Allah comes to the lowest heaven of the earth. But in, in sight and vision, it's not mentioned that we see those and the levels of those. Mm. You know when you pray behind the Imam and he says Allahu Akbar, are you supposed to say loud? To start the prayer? During the prayer. During the prayer? No, everything during the prayer you're supposed to say it. You don't just think it. You don't just stay quiet and he, he says Allahu Akbar and you just think to yourself Allahu Akbar and you go down. You say it. All of the words of the prayer you're supposed to say them. You have to vocalize them. Mm-hmm.
have all the questions, a different subject. Suppose you're in Pakistan and it's Ramadan time, you do 10 fast there, and the fifth Ramadan is, very, is low amount, so when you come to England and you do 20 fast here, so which, which amount do you pay? Do you pay the one in Pakistan or do you pay the one in England? So your last 10 days are in Pakistan? No, no, the first 10 of 10 in Pakistan. And then you came to England? Yeah. So you finish your Ramadan in England? Yeah. So it's 150 rupees in Pakistan, about 5 pounds But really, you know, the, uh, the uh, zakat or fitr, yeah. the ideal way to do it, obviously, if possible, is to give it where you live. Because then it shows the Islamic practice. If you're not able to do that, then you can send it abroad. But the, the values don't matter then. If it's cheaper in Pakistan, no problem. It's still going to feed those people and it's going to give it out to those people there. So you, 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 there's nothing to worry about, but in the UK that would be like eight pounds or something, and it's only going to be two pounds if I send it. It doesn't matter. That two pounds is going to buy all the food in Pakistan. It's going to buy the food. It's going to feed the people. It's okay. Hmm. Anybody else? Um, you mentioned that Imam al Asari brought two meanings for Allah Akbar. Mm. That first one meaning Kabir, mm. and then always great. Is that something which? Shaykhul Islam falsified, or was it something that uh, comes alongside the other meaning? No, uh, Kabir, the first meaning yeah. by itself cannot be correct. By itself. So yet the one, the one, it's okay. Well, the second well I mean, in the second one, by, by nature, it's in the second one. Allah is great, mm. but more than that, Allah is the greatest. If you say Allah is the greatest, mm. then by default, Allah is great anyway. Well, I mean, mm. you know, the first one is No, that's if you're talking about the actual sifat. Now you talk about azim and azama, but he wasn't talking about those. He was talking about just a meaning, just as a meaning. When in sifat, yeah, you're right, that's different. But he's not talking about the sifa. His explanation there was just about the definitions, and the definitions are linguistic, azim and azama, not in terms of the rules of the sifat. All right, we'll conclude upon that for today. Again, I was late today. I will try my best, inshallah. 8.30 is always the target. I'll try for 8.30 next week again, inshallah ta'ala.